0: Good evening, once again, to all the Suns fans out there in the world. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. I'm one of your hosts at Darth Voida, a.k.a. John Voida, and I'm joined, as per usual, by my co-host at Matthew Lissi. Matthew Lissy Matthew, how are you doing today, my friend? Good to see you again. Freaking great day. How are you doing, John? You hanging, hanging out? What?
1: What's going on over there? <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging
0: out, man. I'm hanging out. Yeah? I'm on the back end of my sabbatical before I start my new job next week and I got to say uh I'm really starting to come up with some interesting ways to fill the
1: time. <laughs> okay, should we start the list right now? <laughs> what what, are, what what are you uh, what are you doing? What's what's going on over there? I'm the just household? I'm,
0: I am powering through the Star Wars. That's what I'm doing right That's now. That's what it is. Yeah, I can see am, that. Yes. <laughs> what am, do you want right now? I have I just finished uh Rogue One. So I've watched episodes one, two, and three, Solo, yeah. and Rogue One in the last two days. Rogue
1: um, One is my favorite. I Rogue think One's of all fantastic.
0: of them. I love Rogue One. Here's what's That's interesting: is I used to really not be a fan of the first three Star Wars fl- fl- uh, flicks, mm-hmm. but as I go back and watch them again, and I've definitely watched them numerous times, every time I watch them, I like them a little bit more. And it's, I guess it's, it's, it's overcomplicated. Y'all, when you look at the original Star Wars episodes four, five, and six, it's not really a complicated story, right? It's like, a, you know, Luke, he's trying to save the princess. She's got some plans of some sorts. Darth Vader's a badass, and Han Solo's there for comedic relief. But you go back into those first Star Wars flicks, and they're really doing some pretty intense storytelling with like the Senate, and the Trade Federation, and the Jedi Council, and all this stuff, and how it all kind of meshes together to ultimately create the Empire as the Republic crumbles. But I think the more times I go back and I watch it, the more time I appreciate uh, the things that just confuse the shit out of me the first time I
1: watch them in the theater. I was just going to say, I remember just sitting in the theater watching those. I don't like those movies. I'm not a big fan of them, the first three of the episode one, two, and three. But I just remember sitting there, I'm like, all right, come on, hurry up. I mean, we get the gist of it. Let's, let's go. But yeah, to re-watch it and actually know what's going on, maybe I still might be even lost. I still might not even know what's going on if I were to rewatch it right now. So I'm going to stay away. Because honestly, I do not like those. I give them, I do not like those. I know, dude. Nobody does. Nobody does. I like the old, old ones from the 70s. I like Rogue One, but
0: yeah, Rogue One's (laughs) fantastic. It is like, you have to include that. And that's why I'm, I'm including that my whole journey of watching like 10 star Wars films over the next like seven days is just for that reason, because you can't not watch rogue one, especially right at the end. Like you just get so amped. It's got the best Darth Vader scene out of any of the, the Darth Vader appearances throughout the entire star Wars universe. And you know, then at the end, it's just like to see princess Leia there with plans and you know, right where it's going. I I don't know. I get obviously, you know, like my, my my name is Darth Vader on Twitter Mm -hmm. And I have an affinity for Star Wars, and I just I, I, I nerd out about this shit, man.
1: You, you got to keep us up to date, dude, on how you're okay. doing with these movies, all right? Uh, Maybe you can even watch them a second time over. <laughs> well, it'll all be done by the time we do the podcast next
0: week, because, you know, GM says, right. you know, we go live Sunday and Thursday. Uh, we will not be live this upcoming <laughs> Sunday, as we have not only the Notre Dame game playing at 430, but we also have our family fantasy football draft. So we won't be live then. And the next time we will be live will be next Thursday. And I will not be sitting around watching Star Wars flicks at that time. I will be on the road starting at my new position. I will actually be training in Las Vegas next week. So uh, next time you see me, I will be coming live from Vegas. But, cool. But you know, that being said, we want to welcome <laughs> everybody who has joined the podcast and is going, Why are John and Matthew breaking down the politics of the Federation uh, and, trying and, they, to, and the Republic yeah. and how they, inter- twi- uh, they intermingled in episode two of Star Wars. Uh, it's the off season. This is what happens. <laughs> you know, we are in off season basketball, there's not too much yeah. to talk about, but we still have a fantastic show for you. The jamsters who are joining us, we are going to have Sabrina Merchant on shortly. And you know, for those of you who remember, she joined us during the playoffs. She is the edit- uh, editor in chief of Clips Nation. So, we had a conversation with her prior. To the series against the clippers we're going to recap that series we're going to talk about some off-season transactions with her see how she thinks the suns look we'll let her know how we think the clippers look uh and then we'll just talk a little bit more about you know maybe we can we can throw some shade at the lakers i don't know uh but you know of course until we then, can of course i mean you can't i'll be not. there to defend
1: them, right <laughs> yes and my lebron my yeah. sweet little lebron james <laughs> He's so cute and adorable. I just
0: want to yeah. brush his hair and watch the follicles fall out. Brush his hair out, yeah. Yes, exactly. So you know. that being said, this is a reminder to everyone who has joined us to please follow the show on Twitter, at Suns Jam. Subscribe on YouTube and tickle that like button while you're here. Go ahead, give it a little tickle. Uh, you can become an Elite Jamster by clicking the Join button or following the link in the description. Feel free to donate the show to the show via the Super Chat uh, so we can use it for beer money and uh, you know other things like that. A Star Wars memorabilia, maybe. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the pod wherever you're consuming the podcast for all of your favorite Phoenix Suns content. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it right here in the pod. And this is a reminder that if you go to shopjustsports.com, please enter the code SunsJam at checkout for any of your online orders, and you'll get a fifteen percent off purchase simply by putting in that promo code at SunsJam. Uh,
1: Matthew, you going to be drinking a beer with me tonight? You know what? I opened my fridge today, and I had a couple of these bad boys. Have you? Are you excited for October? What? Of course, Halloween beers. Yeah. Oh yes. Is that the Oktoberfest, Sam Adams? Yeah, it is. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to try this. I don't. I, I like beer still, but I don't know. It
0: doesn't well, taste I'm, the I'm, same anymore. I'm, I'm having a. I'm having a Bud Light, so uh, you're all right. will well, enjoy one. that nasty beer. All right, I <laughs> will right, well, pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Oops, I missed. And, let, and let's talk with Sabrina Merchant about the Suns and the Clippers. So we are super excited again to be joined by Sabrina Merchant. Uh, I see you smiling as you watch that intro because you saw some of those uh, Suns versus Clipper playoff moments that we will <laughs> always cherish here in Phoenix for the remainder of our days. But welcome back to the show. How have you been?
2: I've been doing great. Uh, you know, I was just impressed that the whole thing had been updated. Honestly, I was expecting <laughs> to see the, the same old <laughs> highlight package.
0: You missed it after the Valley OOP. We literally had just the Valley OOP mm-hmm. intro for the rest of the NBA mm-hmm. Finals. It was just that play from like 13 different views over and over.
1: So we keep it fresh here. We
2: keep it fresh. We even got the Cam Johnson dunk in there. <laughs> oh, but of
1: course. Oh yeah, that is the dunk <laughs> of Suns history now. That is the best dunk. Matthew's a huge Cam about Johnson it. fan, yep. and I'm he saw that
0: over P.J. Tucker, and I think Matthew's getting that tattooed on his back as we get him. It's in already a, in progress. It's already in progress. Both it's,
1: his feet
2: are the, done. The, but, the you know, look on P.J. Tucker's face when he realized that he didn't draw the charge was just so funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's well, right he thought he like, did. kidding me?
2: But he I had know. something
1: in his face during the dunk, so <laughs> are you talking about after? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Well, welcome back. We really, really appreciate you taking some time and joining us. You know, we are in the what people refer to as the dog days of summer. It's that time in between all the major transactions. Summer camp hasn't started. There's no more Olympics to talk about. Uh, so we thought we'd bring you back on to talk about how uh, that Clipper series went. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had Sabrina on for those of you who remember right before the Clippers here. And I think we all left that conversation, say sons and six. And I just want to give us all a round of applause Mm -hmm. because we were all actually correct. You know, thank you Kawhi for sitting up in the rafters and such and not coming down and actually playing, Uh, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but as you take a look at your off season with the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, do do you feel like you've gotten better this year? Let, let, Let me start off with the painful one right off the bat. Why did Chris, why did Patrick Beverly, shove Chris Paul at the end of that series.
2: Because he wanted to get traded from the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that's the way to do it. Huh?
2: You know, that that's what you got to do. You got to end on a really embarrassing note at the end of a playoff series. It felt very like Andrew Bynum on JJ Barea to me back oh in the day. Oh my God. But, yes. Um, <laughs>
0: like,
2: a little less aggressive, I suppose. But
0: <laughs> so,
2: I mean, you've you watched Chris feel Paul feel for a year. I feel like, I, there has to have been a time when you would have thought about shoving Chris Paul, as well, like.
0: without a doubt. I think everybody in America wants to shove Chris Paul at some point. And now that Other he's than been really on enough, crystal, apparently. Yes, yes, he was part of Chris Paul's family. Had no <laughs> Number idea. Number one,
2: Chris Paul fan. Like
0: <laughs> Chris Paul. Got called out in the postgame speech and everything. So, oh, but man. but but, how's your off season been? I know that you know you're doing a ton of coverage for the WNBA. How's everything been going?
2: Yeah, it's good. I mean, it it feels short. Like I thought we were back on normal schedule and all of a sudden, like I know we're in the dog days of the summer, but like training camp starts this month. Uh, Things are happening. (laughs) I feel like the playoffs just ended. Is that just me? I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's like, yeah, I keep turning on TV expecting to see like, Oh, Clippers sons are back on and no, you know, it's just, yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, there's just too much
2: basketball at all times. And uh, it's well, a good he, thing, but also like a lot of basketball. Well, you
0: you take last season and how it was condensed. Mm-hmm. And then both of our teams made deep runs into the playoffs. And then the way that the offseason kind of happened like it was last off season with that shotgun kind of like, OK, draft, free agency, you know, uh, the trades, everything. And yeah. It, and Olympics,
2: too, this Olympics, time. Olympics, yeah.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's. Yeah. You know, Matthew and I obviously we go live a lot here on the podcast, but we even took like a just a couple shows off, if you will, on a couple Sundays, and it's like, man, that was needed because you we, were always generating content. There's always something to talk about, and we're kind of at that point now where the only NBA you to, t- you to really talk about is you just see like Devin Booker's on uh, on vacation with Kendall Jenner somewhere, and he's doing a backflip <laughs> off of a yacht. And it's like, okay, we're officially in the summer, and I'm going to enjoy this for the next three weeks before everything good, ramps good back for up. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I know,
1: seriously, living it up. Honestly, that's my favorite part of the NBA is the offseason, and we got that included, a little bit of Kendall Jenner and uh Devin Booker. That's always nice to watch. I think to follow them, their relationship, there's actually a Twitter account <laughs> dedicated to devin booker in his relationship to kendall jenner so it is there's always something going on right now in phoenix i don't feel like we're used to it we are burnt out from last season in the finals but to be burnt out it seems so weird to say because (laughs) it's something we've always wanted here and now we're just like because i told john last week i was like can we take a little bit of a break please just a little bit i mean we don't we have sundays off now but this is what we've always wanted and now we're just saying like oh we're tired we we need a little (laughs) bit of a break it's weird.
2: Yeah, I guess you know the LA teams are more used to this uh, yes. playoff thing. Yeah. You know, um, also quite used to tracking Kardashian relationships. Yes. So you know, just joining the club here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're definitely behind. We, you know, we're trying to get used to all this this constant. You know, it's it's going to end up on one of those Kardashian shows. I'm sure on the E channel. Unfortunately,
2: uh, all of them are now finished. So I don't um, know how uh, are we're they supposed really? to keep track of them. Yeah.
1: What am I supposed to? Maybe Kendall and Book can
2: have their own show. You know, if they ever like get engaged or something.
1: (laughs) Please, I hope not. Please, no. Chloe and
2: Lamar had a nice like three season run for a while, so we'll see how
1: it goes. (laughs) Yeah, I think we talked about him last time too. I don't know where he is, Lamar. Yeah, that's right, Matthew.
0: We did last time. (laughs) 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 So, so as you take a look at the Suns, you know, I'll ask this from an outsider looking in. What did you think, and what are your thoughts on the Suns' performance in the NBA
2: Finals? I think they let one get away.
0: Uh, Not wrong.
2: Yeah, Uh, trying to be nice here, but no, no, (laughs) uh, no. I want to know.
0: I want to know what people outside of our fan base and how how you see it, because you know, inside the fan base, you have obviously both sides. You know, the people Mm -hmm. like me who Mm -hmm. are just just maybe i shouldn't be so thankful that we were there but i'm thankful we were there i mean this is a team that i didn't expect to really go to the finals and to get there and we went to game two of the nba finals that was the last win of the season unfortunately for the suns (laughs) you know but it was just it was fun to feel that and be a part of that environment uh and then you lose to Giannis; it's like the hardest guy in the nba to really hate so it's not like you're losing to brooklyn and you feel like you were truly robbed you feel like you kind of let yourself down versus they took it from you but you're not super upset but you know i I am hearing from some of the outside media and and, you know uh, bill simmons was talking about it uh who was on with him the other day matthew uh it was was the
1: old yeah mad dog yep yeah
0: yeah uh and he was saying the same same thing
1: thing, yeah yeah so so so
0: blade on us thick we can we can take it we have thick skin
2: you know um the the suns had a nice little route to the finals right didn't have to play a lot of full strength teams and they definitely took advantage like they should have. Um, And it's, I just, all of these years of watching Chris Paul and Blake Griffin go up to nothing. And then for them to both lose two nothing leads in series, not as Clippers was just so bizarre to see happen again. Um, it's, it's like, I shouldn't be thinking about this stuff. It's, it's bringing me back too much, but like,
1: <laughs> we'll get to, this. no,
2: I, I just thought that the Suns had like a good handle on what they were doing in that series. You know, like um, it was, you couldn't expect Drew holiday to stop both Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker simultaneously. And he, he wasn't right. Like book was able to get off a little bit. Aiden was doing his thing. Um, I'm not even entirely sure like what happened after the Milwaukee games, you know, like when they came back for game five, I really thought that it was just going to turn, you know, into another home court advantage type of decision. And God, it's, it's been so long. I can't even remember like the games as they, they happened. I'm picturing Booker and like, yeah. I'm just picturing him in a USA jersey. It's like, that's not right. That's <laughs> what the game was supposed to be thinking of. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a USA jersey with a haircut and a, and a headband. No, I mean with the
2: headband, right? What a yeah. strange look. I that think he awesome. severely overestimated how long it was going to take her to grow. <laughs> <laughs> he hey, to he never looks headband.
1: bad. He never looks bad. Dude, he always has it going. I'd agree. Devin
2: Booker is a very pretty, very pretty person. Um, there's yeah. there's no denying
1: it took that. Took him a lot of work to get there too. So <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he
0: used I, to rock the headband back when he, like he was a sophomore in the league.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really not sure what happened. I mean. God, I, I know I watched the finals closely, and yet for yeah. some reason it's just it's all sort of escaping my memory at this point. Oh, I, but. I, I
0: can break it right down for you. It's it's, <laughs> it's one word. It's Giannis.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it,
0: when it comes down to it, he was a man who was determined, and that we couldn't stop. He could. He started hitting his free throws. Uh, the the play that will live in Suns infamy. Uh, it was Game Three. or I'm pretty sure it was Game Four, where the Suns had a chance. It's tied going down the stretch, and Devin Booker goes for an alley oop two Deandre, Ayton, and, DeAndre yeah. and, and if you watch it in slow-mo he's on Booker watches the pass and just like leaps up it's like it's one of the most beautifully athletic plays that will always pierce my heart for the rest of my life because it happened against my team but if you're third party not you know n- no skin in the in the game it's mm-hmm. a beautiful play that he did it's an you know and that was that was the game right there and You know, there was a lot of just hiccups in the last two minutes. It came, you know, three of those games came down in the last two minutes and the Suns could not execute and they needed to execute and Giannis did execute. And when he got to the line, he made his free throws. And that was the, that was the tale of the series ultimately is, and you take into effect, you know, you, you look back post the series and you hear some of the interviews, you know, uh, uh, Chris Paul had surgery on his left wrist. That's why he kind of had no left hand the whole series. Devin Mm -hmm. Booker had a hamstring issue that, uh, came to fruition in game three. It's why he sat out the entire fourth quarter of game three, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of speculating what was going on. So, I mean, there were some ailments that, that hurt the team, but you know, champions adjust and the Suns just didn't have the capacity to adjust the same way that Giannis did. And, uh, you know, hats off to that guy, but he mm-hmm. broke my and,
2: heart. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Like when you get this far to still think that like you left something on the table, like, I, I think that's sort of the same feeling with the Clippers where like first ever conference finals, but at the same time, like, they were right there with the Suns in a couple of those games. And like, if, you know, if if Ibaka is healthy, forget Kawhi, like maybe there's enough to get it done. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's hard to manage like that, uh, that feeling of, yeah, something really incredible happened this year, but also like, God damn it. It was so
1: close. Yeah. And honestly, with the Clippers, (laughs) I was walking around watching these games when the series were both, even the, when you're talking about the NBA championship and then first the Clippers in the Western conference finals, when it was two 2 the games after that, I was freaking out because I really thought the Clippers had a chance there. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were going to ask you too. You think, of course, if Kawhi is healthy, do you think that's a championship this, that last, this last year for the Clippers? Is that just like, it's something guaranteed that's in the back of your mind. Like if Kawhi was healthy, we would have won the championship. Is that something you think about a lot?
2: You know, I don't think about it too much just because, like you said, Giannis was just on this incredible heater in the finals. And, like, I guess Kawhi would have been guarding Giannis like he did in 2019. But I don't think that the 2021 version of Kawhi was on the same level that he was in Toronto. Not to say that he wasn't an excellent player, obviously. But um, I I have a hard time seeing anybody stopping that version of Giannis, you know. Yeah. Uh, so... I, I do think a lot about the Clippers being Western Conference champions. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot about them being NBA champions.
0: See? We should take solace in that. At least we're Western Conference <laughs> champions. We're the defending Western anything. Conference It doesn't. That, hey, I got it is a, a banner shot. to None hang. That
1: stuff, you know? yeah. It is a banner to hang. Exactly. We got a banner uh, to hang Are they going to hang the banner? I don't want them to yeah, hang that banner. I should feel should like hang Booker it. and Chris Paul should be like, nope. We're gonna no, hell yeah we're gonna hang it nah, you, you
2: gotta hang it it's a big deal we, we oh, have yes. two
1: other than this year so i will absolutely it's like hang a, that it's like the well, it's like in baseball the pennants and stuff like no one cares at this the, the very least that banner
2: is going up in your practice facility
0: yeah well no it's going yeah. up opening night against so. the denver nuggets a team we swept and there's like this whole <laughs> beef going on right now on twitter between like suns fans and nuggets fans because nuggets fans are like hell-bent determined that if jamal murray was healthy that they would have beat us, and it's like, well, hold that one's on. crazy. That one yeah. because
1: we the Suns did sweep them in yeah, that we one, and Jamal them. Murray, maybe two games with him, but no, the Suns they they would have won yeah. that series. Jam-
0: Jamal Murray doesn't make them win four games, you know. Whereas you look at like playing the Clippers and playing Kawhi, yeah, that's you know we beat yeah. the the Clippers in six. Kawhi gets you two games like that. That could become a right. Epic and a lot of those seven. Nuggets
2: games were like routes, whereas the Clippers oh, yeah. were right in it. In. Three mm-hmm. of their losses, I would say. You know, the fourth one obviously was nothing was happening in Game yeah, Six. It was, just, yeah.
0: it was game over in that one. But yeah, everything yeah. it was it was a physical uh, uh, defensive series, which we expected. And you throw Kawhi and Kawhi Leonard in there, and that's his wheelhouse. He's a defensive mm-hmm. stalwart. He's somebody who, who is you can rely on in all facets of the game. And he's not there. He's not. I mean, Jamal Murray's never been to an All Star game, so yes, we will hang that banner proudly. At Footprint Center, we now have a, a, a yes. We now have a, a name of our arena is the Footprint Center.
1: Um, we, uh, <laughs> it's always the worst names. I, I don't know how they. How I don't know how
2: they must I, just I'm so like, partial to so like uh, America West. That's yes. what I think. Yes, it is. AWA. Yeah.
1: It's
0: AWA. A-W-A. A-W-A. Yep. That's and the stadium across the street where the Diamondbacks play—that's the Bob. That's the Bank One Ballpark. Oh yeah. It's, I like I, think I don't know. Chase, Chase has just sort of
2: gotten into my head, so it is what it is.
0: But there's like Chase Field, Chase Center, Chase Arena. Like Chase true, has like 30 true. different sponsorships. And, you know, originally yeah. it was the Bob. You know, I'm going to right. the Bob. See, it's across from AWA. Now it's just like the Footprint <laughs> Center. And they unveiled that in the middle of the finals. So, like, I just I feel, you know, Talking Stick Resort Maybe Arena. Maybe it was like
2: bad juju. Yeah, bad that's what juju. I
1: thought, too. That was a <laughs> yes. weird move, wasn't it?
2: Right, yeah. to do it during the finals oh. after you've already won the first two games as... Yes. Phoenix yes. Suns Arena.
1: <laughs> so, if you're going into next year and the Suns start losing, if we're oh, like start off what drop two sponsor. and seven, yeah, oh, it's got to change. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to tear it down, honestly.
2: <laughs> I mean, fortunately, up. the Mercury have been doing quite well in Footprint Center, so you know, there's but they did well in every iteration of yes. this arena. So, I don't think they have all of the banners. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they're
1: the one. ones hanging up banners.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. other than right those world. uh arena football banners that you guys hang, yeah, like the, the rattlers, yeah. They were really good were a, a teenager. yeah <laughs> yeah we were we'll really, take anything really good. We once upon a
0: time yeah there's like a road Runners one up there they're like once they played here and they did yeah. <laughs> well like there's like please put us up some <laughs> banners so, so matthew you got to go with the banner in there you can't not say that but okay. let's let, let's get into the offseason okay last season is last season let's put a bow in it let's put it away uh we'll, we'll talk uh you know when we beat you guys in the playoffs again this year oh, just kidding because you guys aren't making the playoffs. and uh-huh. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the offseason. So taking a look at the Clippers moves, and I'm going to pull them up on the screen here in a second. Do you think they got better, worse, or stayed the same? So this is everything that they did. If, via free agency, you added Justice Winslow. Via trade, you got good old Eric Bledsoe back. In the draft, you got Keon Johnson, Jason Preston, and Brandon Boston. You lost Pat Bev, John Rondo, who's now across town. And by across town, I mean across locker rooms. And it's probably the same locker rooms. I've never been back there. But uh Rajon Rondo is now playing for the Lakers. Uh, Daniel Toro, he's traded to Memphis. And you still have some free agents out there that you haven't signed. But taking a look at what the Clippers have done, do you think that they will be the three seed next season?
2: Uh so the Clippers were the four seed this past year. Oh yes. Um, yeah. I <laughs> I I mean the, the biggest thing that happened this offseason was that it was revealed that Kawhi Leonard tore his
1: ACL. Yeah.
2: So uh, without Kawhi, this is a play-in team, I think.
0: Matthew, do you with, agree?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, with the injury thing, too, with Kawhi, the, keeping it a secret, is there really a reason behind that during the series? I mean, he does, do you think, I know no one can get inside the mind of Kawhi, mm-hmm. but do you think after or during the series against the sons he knew he was going to resign with la or the injury thing is he just kind of keeping his options open or what do you think he was trying to do there
2: i think he always knew he was going to resign with the clippers yeah um okay. i i imagine that he wanted to keep like some more flexibility as opposed to signing that four-year deal but the injury probably forced him into a longer-term contract because i don't I think the Clippers would have been very happy about him signing a one-and-one when the first year would just be him sitting out. Yeah, Uh, Not that they wouldn't have done it, I'm sure, because like when the option is either you sign Kawhi Leonard or you don't sign Kawhi Leonard, I think the result is you sign Kawhi Leonard. Uh, But yeah, my my gut says that he probably would have signed a shorter-term deal had he not gotten hurt, um, but then elected for a little bit more long-term security because of that injury. But I mean, other teams around the league didn't even take meetings with him. Like... Mm -hmm there was all of this reported interest from Miami and Dallas and Dallas is like clearing salary with this Josh Richardson trade before the start of free agency. And they like, didn't even call us bluff. They're like, Oh, you're definitely going back to the Clippers. We're not letting you Mm -hmm. in as some sort of like sleeper agent to just learn about our operations, you know, a year before I, I I think the whole league was pretty convinced that he was coming back to the Clippers. And uh, I mean, this franchise has like moved hell in high water for him. There is not a single player other than Ibiza Zubac who predates Kawhi Leonard. And mind you, Kawhi Leonard has only played two seasons on the Clippers. Not even anyone on their coaching staff predates Kawhi Leonard. So Jeez. uh it's it's his the team and his image, right? Like everything that he's mm-hmm. asked for, they've gotten done. And why would you want to leave a situation like that, you know, to go to Miami where clearly like you have to buy into their culture or Dallas, which is Lord knows what's happening in Dallas. Like, why would you want to be coached by Jason Kidd? We can be coached by Ty Lue. I mean, it's no brainer for him to come back.
1: But the no meeting thing, I think that's something the other teams thought would be the right thing to do with Kawhi to ask him to come to a meeting, his his reps or whatever to come meet them. I feel like that would be like the uncool thing, right? For Kawhi, Kawhi would probably want. Eh, they didn't want a meeting. All right, maybe I'll check them out. I think that's the way he thought. <laughs> They're, yeah, he's, he's the exact that. opposite of what yeah, he's just like, I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want
2: yeah, to. I, I mean, I guess in four years we can see how that worked out for Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's true. Well, it's unfortunate, you know, to have him go down with the injury. Uh, I'm a big Kawhi Leonard fan. I know Matthew mm-hmm. knows that he's one of my favorite players outside of the Phoenix market who I love to just watch play because the way he conducts his business. Uh, I love guys who just have that, the, the no emotion guys. It's one of the reasons I love Devin Booker. He's not a huge emotion guy. He's not Jamal Murray. You know, he's not screaming and yelling around the court every time he makes a shot like you're supposed to make the shot. Go back down and play defense, you know. Uh, But, you know, now this is obviously going to put a lot of pressure on Paul George once again to kind of be the alpha. And we know that he's somebody who doesn't necessarily like to be the alpha. Uh, We saw in the Western Conference semifinals that he has that capacity to do so. I mean, he played fantastic in that series against Phoenix. He just kind of ran out of gas, I think, from carrying the team by game six. What are your ex- expectations for Paul George going into next season?
2: You know, it's tricky. Paul has such wild swings in terms of his efficiency. Like, he'll have these games where he he looks like he could be the best player on a championship team. And then he has these games where he's shooting, like, five for 20 or worse. And those kind of come in equal measure, I understand, in the playoffs. Like you just have to have a larger volume of shots, right? <laughs> like uh, it's just going to happen. But I I honestly think like this is a far more interesting season for the Clippers in terms of their, their youth. And like, like what could Terrence Mann do in a larger role or what their rookies could actually do? Like they, they seem to have actually invested in this year's rookies on like the, the last four that they've just shipped out. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I don't think that Paul George is like in line for like an MVP type campaign. I don't think that's what the Clippers want him to do. They're probably just going to keep him on a similar load to as, as he would have been were Kawhi Leonard healthy. Like, I don't think they want to wear him out. Um, So I'm, I'm really more interested to see like how those young players step up. Like, I think this could easily be a Terrence Mann, most improved player kind of season. You know, we saw what he was able to do as a starter in the playoffs, especially against Utah. Um, I think he's definitely capable of expanding on his role. He only played about 19 minutes a game last year. Uh, And I I was kind of shocked when I looked back at that because every time he's on the court, you really feel him. So I was surprised to see that the number was so low. But I do believe that he can really step into like a 30-minute-per-game kind of role, uh, expand on what he's been able to do. His shooting has already come a long way. Uh, If he can tighten up the defense, I think that's a really important piece for the Clippers I'm excited to see what Luke Kennard can kind of do if he gets consistent minutes, because that was not the case Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, The Clippers had a lot of better options and they just don't now. I mean, uh, they've consolidated a lot of point guards into one Eric Bledsoe and Kawhi Leonard's not there. Um, So I think this is a, this is an important season for Luke Kennard to sort of prove that he was worthy of the extension that they bestowed upon him and is capable of providing at least regular season production. If, you know, we'll see what happens when the playoffs come around, but. You know, I, I, the Clippers are, like, a little bit more fragile than some of the other teams in the West, right? Like, I mean, obviously, compared to the other team in L.A., they're not that fragile, but, um, <laughs> you know, Marcus Morris and Nicholas Batum, like, I don't expect them to be playing heavy minutes during the regular season because they're older guys, and Serge Ibaka is coming off of back surgery, and you've got three rookies who played, what, like, 20 collegiate games last year? Like, I don't think you can expect them to hold up for a full 82-game season without significant load management built in. Like, I mean... Memphis did that with John Morant before he even got hurt. So yeah. like uh there's just there's a lot of question marks on the Clippers roster in terms of availability. I think that's part of the reason why they went to go get Eric Bledsoe because he plays all of the time. Um so I do think that gives some opportunities for these younger guys like man, like Kennard. Um, I'm interested to see what Jay Scrub looks like, actually. But uh, it, it's gonna be a weird season for the Clippers. I do think that they're gonna look just a lot younger than they have in the past, um, for better or worse. But it it feels like something of a transitional year. And Kawhi's contract kind of gives them that flexibility because basically everybody on the roster other than Batum is signed through next year. So they don't have the pressure other than, you know, like age of having to contend this year. Um, so I think that this is going to be sort of like an investment into saying like, okay, who can we count on to be part of that next title team?
0: Okay, so don't watch out for the Clippers this year. It's a building block towards next year, you know, which is definitely valid. Are you happy with Eric Bledsoe's return to the Clippers? Like, are you? I
2: loved Eric Bledsoe in his first stint with the Clippers. Absolutely loved Eric Bledsoe. Um, I think the book is pretty clear on Eric Bledsoe that he's not a good playoff player. Uh, I think we've reached that point. (laughs) Um, You know, so like, you know how I said that like every player uh, on the Clippers. Who's part of the rotation is on under contract for next year. Well, I mean, Bledsoe's non-guaranteed. So I don't know if he's going to be part of the next uh, great Clippers team. Um, I think it was like a necessary move to make, again, just because you can count on him to play 76 regular season games. And like, that matters when you have no other point guards other than Jason Preston, who was the 33rd pick out of Ohio. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm very excited for former... Fan-sided blogger Jason Preston, who wrote articles about <laughs> Reggie Jackson when he was in high school, like that's super cool. That's awesome. But, um, I don't think that you can count on that guy to be a backup point guard immediately in the NBA. Um, yeah, let's I mean, it's strange. Like, he was always like the young athletic guy on the Clippers, and somehow, eight years after leaving them, he is once again the younger athletic option <laughs> compared <laughs> to like Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo. Like, nothing has changed. Uh, So, I mean, from, like, a nostalgic perspective, it's cool to have Bledsoe back. Um, I always thought that it was a bit much to have to give up in that J.J. Reddy deal, but I'm not expecting him to, like, be the guy that takes the Clippers to the next step, which, you know, maybe is a little unfair to him. I do think that this is a much better situation for him than it was in Milwaukee. Um, You know, he's just surrounded by a ton of shooting, unlike Mm -hmm. he was with the Bucks. There's going to be, like, clean lines, clean lines to the rim for him which will serve him better, but I, I've watched a lot of the Bucks in the playoffs the last three years. I, I don't anticipate this being a game-changing acquisition. It's just sort of, oh, we had too many players. Um, Rondo clearly needs to get off his salary. Uh, let's just, you know, consolidate this into one player. They got a trade exception out of it, which I think could be kind of helpful. That's like P.J. Tucker money, that trade exception. Yeah. Um, not to say that PJ Tucker will become available, but I always think like that type of player is like PJ Tucker money. Uh, yeah, so it was a good move like from a roster management perspective. But I, I'm still gonna be thinking of Bledsoe fondly in those like red unis back when they were coming yes. back in that series against Memphis. You know, not this new iteration
0: yes seems like every time you're on we end up talking smack about the clippers uniforms because they used to be so beautiful <laughs> especially in the, the red i, hate, the them I yeah. hate them so much <laughs>
2: yeah
1: they they really it's made more some of the logo decisions. though i think right the logo is yeah, like really really bad
2: word art font thing it's yes yeah like it doesn't
1: somebody it in their third grade uh
0: word uh, doc class i but like
2: the city jerseys like the black and white ones with like the grand theft auto font yes I
1: think yeah, yeah like that yes right. Yeah, I, see, I, do, yeah I, I do like those. Yeah, I they're, just
2: miss the color. Like they literally just look like Brooklyn West, um, mm-hmm. and that was already taken. Like, and Brooklyn does it better, and they have that super. Oh, cool... Oh, you like, like the Brooklyn Pleasant, ones? Do
1: you like? The, they Brooklyn have like stuff?
2: that Pleasantville thing type going, where like any bit of color just like pops, pops. incredibly. Yeah. Um. Even like wearing white in Barclays Center pops, which yeah. is remarkable. It's a, it's
0: um, like Toby Maguire's out there playing point whenever you've seen. <laughs> the other side. See, so here's what you got to get ready for, for Bledsoe. Okay. Uh, when he joined the Phoenix Suns, obviously Matthew and I were huge fans at that time of Bledsoe and everything that he was. And I think that a valid point that you bring up is shooters that, cause that's what he needs to be successful. Cause Eric Bledsoe is not a good point guard. The thing that used to drive me crazy about him when he played with the Suns is he would drive aggressively to the hoop because he has the physicality to do so. He'd jump up to go for a layup. And if somebody was there to block him, he didn't have, he didn't know where anybody was on the court and he would just throw the ball away all the time. And I call it pulling a so to this day. It's when any point guard runs in there, jumps up, doesn't know what to do with the ball, and just throws it away. But if you have shooters spaced out on the floor, unlike he had in Milwaukee, unlike he had in New Orleans, really, uh, if he has that available to him, he'll look a lot better than he did in Phoenix. Because, again, when he was with us and we didn't have any shooting on the team, when he's trying to you know dish the ball out and it's Keith Morris out there, and he didn't know what he was doing at the time. I mean, it was just some some we bad memories. <laughs> Yeah. Some bad memories with Eric Bledsoe here. Obviously he, you know, he put the tweet out. I don't want to be here. And then he was traded for a bag of chips and Greg Monroe to the Milwaukee bucks, you know, four seasons, five seasons ago. So uh, you, you enjoy that. I'm looking forward to playing him again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The health thing though. I'm glad you pointed that out, Sabrina, the health thing. I never really thought about that. He does stay healthy. He will not play games. And the thing back in Phoenix, his body language is so bad, but he didn't want to be here, obviously. So, if he can go to LA and be something that, if he gives a crap, then you'll have something there with Volozko. Because, but the thing is, like, who's the leader there? You were talking about Paul George earlier, to where he's kind of like, I feel like he just took such a big leap last playoffs. And I think I forget which podcast was talking about it, but like Ben Simmons has this thing where it's like he seems like he wants to be too cool like he him and Kyle Kuzma like there's this look on the on the court where they got to look cool not t- they can't do too much they can't do too much to help win a game if they're not looking cool doing it and I always thought that kind of with Paul George and I think this last this last uh, post I kind of saw a different like more aggressive more assertive guy in Paul George so I like that and I think that if you can have him I know John was saying earlier not being really much of a leader he, if he can be a little bit, I think that would probably help Blood. So I know Blood's well into his career already. He is who he is, but I think he still needs someone on the court to help him kind of just push him a little bit. Because here in Phoenix, we just didn't see that at all. And I know it was a while ago, but I just think he's still kind of the same player.
2: I, I just uh, I couldn't help but laugh when you brought up um, Kyle Kuzma and Ben Simmons together because I think they both dated Kendall Jenner at one point yeah. or another. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only reason. Those
1: are the only players I know are the ones that Kendall. So my, my Rolodex of players are just the ones that Kendall dates. That's all I know. Blake Griffin. I can go. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, yeah. Well, I can talk about him all night. Whatever. Okay. Um,
2: sorry. You, you did make a good point about uh, leadership, which I think uh, mm. is probably the main reason why I'm a little concerned about the Clippers losing Patrick Beverly, just because he was the loudest voice in the locker room. Um, and when you already are down Lou Williams, who I think was also a very important locker room presence. Uh, there's something of a gap there. Um, You know, Kawhi, I imagine, will not be present with the team all the time. Like, I don't think he's going to be traveling on the road if he's Mm -hmm. rehabbing. Uh, So, like, I I look at the roster and I'm not entirely sure who that leaves, you know, the leadership role to. It's got to be Paul George, I guess, just by default. Yeah. Especially because he's the best player. But, like, um, I'm not sure that he is individually suited to be the leader all the time. Like, that requires a lot out of Reggie Jackson or Nick Batum or Mm -hmm. God, I'm I'm not even sure who else could step into that role, but it's kind of one of the things that bothers me about the Clippers roster construction is that there's so much turnover and like lack of continuity that, I mean, like Zubach is the longest tenured Clipper and I love the guy, but he's not going to be the main voice in your locker room. Like that's just not who he is. So that's, that's something I had not considered too much about like who, takes over that leadership role because you're right. It, it should not be blood. So I don't think it can be blood. So, um, Hmm. I'm gonna have to give this some thought now. There because, you go. That, that could be yeah. the
0: subject of your next piece on clips. Nation is who's <laughs> going to be the leader.
2: Yeah. And you know,
0: to so there you go. See, we well, help each other out. Give us well, shout so, out. <laughs> so from, from the outside looking in, uh, I want to bring up kind of what the Phoenix suns have done in the off season. And we've added via tr- free agency. We got JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton, uh, via trade. We added Landry Shamit and we lost, Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, and Tyshawn Alexander, uh, Langston, and Etowan Moore are still free uh, free agents that most likely aren't going to return to the team. So, when you take a look at kind of what Phoenix has done this off season, from the outside looking in, how do you feel that the Suns have done?
2: Truly, I had no idea you guys had added Alfred Payton. So, kudos, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the The Javon thing, I think, is is great. Um, I obviously, you guys just needed one more big like any kind of big once Dario got hurt. And God bless Frank Kaminsky, he is not really that guy. No. Uh so I think Jabel is just a good innings eater during the regular season. Like I thought he was very good at that for the Lakers before you know they ended up trading him for Mark Um I think he'll be just decently happy with Javel McGee because he is a fantastic locker room guy. People love Javel McGee. Um and he doesn't expect more out of his role than he's going to get like he's exactly the kind of guy who you wanted a contending team who will just you know happily take whatever minutes are available to him he's going to do some silly things you know like uh yes. he does like to you know run the break sometimes as like point javel but you just sort of tolerate it because it, it's not like super often um and he's he's a decent room protector too uh so just like that that go go gadget wingspan that I like to talk about with Phil McKee, it's gonna come quite in handy for the Suns. So I think that's a very solid pickup. Um, obviously he's not gonna play the same way as Tario with that pick and pop. Like, I'm sure he'd love to pick and pop, but that's not his game. Um, but I think that the offense will run fine without that. So that was necessary. I do wonder if you guys spent too much money on him. Um, like he probably wouldn't be available as a minimum, gave, but
0: we yeah, we get yeah, we game half of we the mid level. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: but I think that's okay. Uh Landry Shamit. Uh, very familiar with Landry Shamet's game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I feel like people always want Landry Shamet to do more ball handling than he actually can. And I think on this team, you guys have enough point guards to where Landry can exclusively be an off-ball producer. Um, like he he likes to say that he played point guard at Wichita. Like he he is more comfortable like doing things in the offense than just shooting. I do think he just needs to be pigeonholed into the shooter role, like run him off of screens, uh, you know, have him in some DHO action, but like just keep his role very simplified on the offense. And uh, that's the kind of thing that like with Payne, with Paul, with Alfred Payton, I guess um, there should always be another point guard on the floor with entertainment like never make him bring the ball up or do anything like that. It's just not a good idea. Uh,
0: yeah. I, he could play the JJ Redick role essentially. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that's, like, that's what we need him to do.
2: That's basically what the first like two years of his career were because he played with J.J. Redick in Philadelphia and then he got traded to the Clippers and just ran the J.J. Redick sets that Doc Rivers was already using. And I think that was quite effective for him. Um, I'm not really sure what happened to him in Brooklyn, honestly. Uh, I know he can get a little targeted on defense, but I think there's ways to get around that because like the Clippers played him against the Warriors and it's not like Steph and Klay were going after him. So there are there are ways to handle land retainment. I just think that... Um, for some reason, I guess because he's so young that there's like this tendency to want to grow his game. And I think he's kind of just the player he's going to be, which is fine. Like a mm-hmm. good knockdown shooter is always helpful to have on a team. You just have to like appreciate that that's that's what he is and not really much more than that.
0: <laughs> which is absolutely fine. That's We've always needed a true backup to Devin Booker who can just put the ball in the hoop. and doesn't need to be a ball handler. And I think we finally got that in landry shaman i'm super excited to see him play it's an upgrade from you know langston galloway and Etwan moore you know who are a little bit smaller and and not as uh not as versatile on offense so i think that that's going to be a plus
1: yeah they, yeah he's a little I'll bit um
2: rickety uh like he's always kind of getting like nicked up but i feel like phoenix has an excellent medical staff just like historically so maybe this is a good place for him to be yeah
1: where are they at though now the medical staff last year they were traded right John, who, who did they go to? Staff? New Orleans. No. Yeah, I remember, like they all got up and they went to another team. Which team was that? I'm sure <laughs> no. Jamster would know. They did really. But, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, I think they went to New Orleans. <laughs> oh, but I you mean, you had a
2: very I mean, healthy season last year, so I'm sure whoever's in their place yeah. is, until the
1: playoffs you know. started, then everything all held up. That's all that every, <laughs> yeah. everybody. That's everybody. Yeah, though. you know, that's weird. because I mean, I mean, who
0: would have thought that our championship aspirations truly came down to like the right knee of Dario Saric, like yeah you know fuck me and like yeah. acls are
2: all non-ca- non-contact injuries too
0: so yeah,
1: it's just it's so uh, hard oh yeah, God. Ugh. yeah knees, so man. knees, knees. the uh <laughs> the youth though that the sons do have the extensions are coming probably for well they're gonna come for Aiden and bridges oh, yeah i
2: wanted to ask it's, you about this yeah
1: the, well we have our sources right flex from jersey mm-hmm. saying they're gonna come i think he was talking about probably right in training camp training around camp, that time yeah, mo- that's probably yeah it'll happen yeah, so it should be in that area. Are you, are you impressed with the Suns have done to just kind of stay patient as a franchise with these guys? Because I mean, us as Suns fans, we've been asking for trades too for Eaton. Sometimes throwing bridges in there, and we've stayed patient. Now we got us a, a couple of good solid guys. Is it just weird to see that now in the NBA with these super teams? And I know it kind of went away for a little bit. But now you see what the Brooklyn Nets are doing. And the Lakers. And the Lakers, yeah, but that's like anybody that's ready for applesauce early in the morning, you know. I don't even know what that means. But, uh, anyways, so (laughs) early bird special over there. And I honestly think that the Suns really stay patient. No matter what we were saying, what the media was saying, like, hey, you got to trade this, got to get better. This is our only chance. And yeah, maybe, like you said earlier, maybe we did blow that 2 0 lead, and that's maybe the only chance we have for a while, maybe another 30 years, who knows. But to stay patient with this team and to really expect them to even get better next year with Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, is that just something strange now in the NBA to watch that?
2: It really is. Like, I was going to say, oh, whoop-de-doo, you guys kept the same guys for three years. But, like, I mean, good I thing. think about the Clippers. Like, nobody's had <laughs> the same play. Nobody's been on this team for three years. So that is <laughs> remarkable. Um, I, God, I love Bridges. Oh, my God. I love watching him play so much. Um, and Ayton is is delightful. I honestly think, like, Ty Lue got too spooked by DeAndre Ayton in that series and probably could have gone small even before Zubac got hurt, um, but was just like terrified to do so because of like one good DeAndre Ayton game in game yeah. one. Uh, but I am so interested by what happens with their extensions because generally centers don't get maxes unless you've been an all-star already. Like mm-hmm. that's like Cat and Joel and um, like AD, right? So and Rudy I don't... Hebert. Yeah, um, and even he didn't get like a full max on his rookie extension, right? No. So I I am really interested to see what happens with DA because he's so important to what you're doing here. Um, yeah. And I think he has so much more room to grow, like just that leap that he took defensively between year one and year two, and then it sort of all came together this year in terms of just like perfect role man over and over again. Uh, I, I don't know that you – can afford to not max him though. Like, wouldn't that be disrespectful to what he just did during this playoff run? Um, yes. And where's no. that lead, McHale? And like, I, it's, I think that you're doing the right thing by continuing to build organically because like, I mean, I know that I said that, you know, Phoenix let an opportunity slip by, but like, I don't think the West is that great this coming year. You know, I think on paper, the Lakers are probably worse than they were last year. And I think the Clippers are obviously worse than they were last year. Who knows if Jamal Murray comes back and then you're dealing with a Nuggets team that you already have perfectly good handle on how to deal with. Um, So that leaves the Warriors, you know, with a potentially healthy Clay Thompson. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go, but I'm not looking at the West and seeing like a juggernaut, you know, in the vein of the Nets or the Bucks. Um, So this feels like another year that the Suns could come out on top, you know, Um, and I think it's important to stay patient and continue to build and like, not, you know, swing for the fences because like, I feel like I'm contradicting myself here, but like there, the growth that they showed between years two and three, like for that core, it makes me think like what could happen between three and four, you know, exactly having tasted that bit of success. Like I always feel like it takes one good, like one heartbreaking playoff run to like really get a team, you know, gelling together. Um, Like you saw with the Warriors when they had that, uh, that series against the Spurs in 2013 and sort of like bonded those guys together. And then two years later, you know, they're, you know, 65 game winners and cruising to the finals. But um, I, I just think that this is like such an important part of the maturation process to go through this heartbreak and to go through it and then decide that like, Oh, these guys aren't going to be here for the long haul. I think is, I don't know. It's, it's a bad Team building process, and I I tend to think that James Jones will like stay the course like he has you know for the past couple of years. Um, also because I just don't see who is available in the league who would make this team better. Like Bradley Beal, maybe he becomes available, but like, are you going to play Beal and Booker together? Like, I no, don't see him.
1: Yeah. no, there's yeah. nobody. Yeah, you're well, right.
0: yeah. That, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you look at like Suns Twitter, and there, everybody's always putting the random name in there of like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Ingram or whoever. It's like. Well, then you replacing. It is, but again, now you're replacing offense for defense with mm-hmm. Jay Crowder a little bit, a guy who's who's pigeonholed into his role and does it very well, versus a guy who wants to be on on the All Star team and has the and has the ability to do so as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, it might be something in a couple of years that might make sense, but I think the thing that this, the the Suns have going for them, so you know, right now is is that galvanizing loss in the finals, that thing that brings them all together, a a true culture and sense of the word team versus a team full of mercenaries. And James Jones has even made that comment before. He's like, you know, one thing that I've, I've learned is you don't create a team with a bunch of mercenaries who are here for a year or two years. They're hired guns because they don't, have that level of compassion and empathy for each other in an mm-hmm. effort to try to be successful. They're just trying to get theirs real quick. I mean, and the Los Angeles Lakers are like the exact opposite of everything I'm saying. Exactly. It's, a, <laughs> it's literally a team of hired mercenaries. All it's gonna trying be to come a come
2: fascinating in. thought experiment. Oh, the, the, the <laughs> all
0: right, let the crap
1: talking begin. Yes.
2: You guys two,
0: two, so I take it you're not a Lakers fan, right?
2: <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, I like all the LA teams.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah. I'm gonna bring them up. On the screen, I mean, they have Carmelo Anthony, like five other guys. I, I have this huge thing on the screen for those of you <laughs> watching, not listening, and it's all these different transactions that they have. This doesn't even include the addition of Rajon Rondo. They have like what four or five members of the 2012 Team USA basketball team on they have, their team.
2: They're paying seven of the 2012 NBA All Stars.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it's crazy to see what they're doing, uh, and it might work and it might not. I mean, we'll see. But I think, you know, going back to DeAndre and Mikhail Bridges and the culture that this team has, you know, we were talking with uh, one of our buddies on a, on a previous podcast and he was talking about the importance of Larry Fitzgerald on this locker room because Larry Fitzgerald is a part owner of the Suns, has a lot of access to the players and really has, in you know, told this team like, hey, team is what it's about. and Having a shot at a championship, he's played his entire career as the Arizona Cardinals and went to one Super Bowl, and he was so close to winning that thing. So, you know, he knows what but it Super Bowl means. Super makes
2: me so sad.
0: You don't need. I've never watched a replay of any. Oh that 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 is the most heartbreaking moment in in sports for oh. me was that Super Bowl. Santonio San Holmes without his feet down, which it doesn't matter. We should have gotten to Ben Roethlisberger like seven times yeah, on that drive. There
2: are so many blocks in the back on that. Uh, Oh God, sorry. Well,
0: <laughs> and, and we shouldn't have thrown the interception going into halftime to James Harrison. Halftime, left, yeah, like, yeah. The whole damn thing. But anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back on that. That really, really pisses me off is that Super Bowl. <laughs> but you have Larry Fitzgerald around this organization. So it will be interesting to see if DeAndre Ayton takes a max, if they offer him or if they try to, you know, undercut it a little bit and say, hey, you know, buy into the team, buy into the culture, because you have people in his ear like James Jones and Larry Fitzgerald who are sitting there saying like, Hey, listen, you don't got to make all the money in the world. If you want to be successful and be part of a, you know, you, if you want to feel like what you felt this past year, part of a team, then maybe you don't take the max and you allow a little bit of money to go to Mikhail and a little bit of money to go guys to other guys moving forward, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what those numbers are and ultimately going to be, but they've definitely earned them. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Suns navigate outside of the season. After once those contracts start to hit, because obviously you go into this mode where, uh, you know, Devin Booker's a max player. Chris Paul's a max player. At least next year, you know, you start to get some of those breaks in his contract. The following season, it's uh, making then what, you... like
2: thirty a year now, or what's the?
0: Yeah, it comes out to thirty-three. It's like thirty-three this okay. year, thirty-three next year, and then the following year, half of it's guaranteed, and the last year of the contract, none of it's guaranteed. So you have some of that flexibility there. So. It'll be interesting to see how the Suns and these players symbiotically navigate this moving forward. If they truly are in it for me, I'm going to get as much money as I can, or if we're going to navigate the team side, because that's what this Phoenix suns team has become is the ultimate kind of team culture, uh, much akin to how the Milwaukee bucks have approached their uh, building of their roster as well. You know, you, and it, it's great to see, it's great to see teams like both the bucks and the Suns have success Unlike you know the Lakers who are hiring everybody on the street who has a gold medal from like 10 years ago saying, Hey, you want to come win a championship with LeBron and his receding hairline? Like, let's do
1: this thing. Yeah, the Bucks do have
2: like Middleton and Giannis who have been playing together since 2013. And yeah, uh, yeah, yes. like, they've played Giannis And They, this whole they caught together. breaks
1: too. They caught breaks. I mean, yes, absolutely. they caught it on the, the Nets, other side. And Brooklyn the question is, who's, yeah. Yeah, who's gonna beat Brooklyn? That's always gonna be the question for the next yeah, That two is the years. question for next year. Yeah, it's just who is gonna if that team's healthy, they they already won it. Right, because they they basically pretty much they're they're toe shy of winning Game <laughs> Seven against the Bucks. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be easy as cake if they're if they're healthy. But who knows?
2: I I think it'd be interesting to see them play the Bucks now. Now that the Bucks have like the the confidence of having yeah. one right, I think that makes a big difference. Uh, because I mean what was it that out of the the two teams that played in the finals, only Jay Crowder had ever even played finals minutes before. Like I do think that experience means something. So them going into a series with Brooklyn now where like, it's not just Kyrie and Kevin Durant who can say they're champions. Like all of these guys can say that they're champions. I think that makes a difference, but I'm I'm still of the belief that it's Brooklyn's title to lose. Uh, But then again, like we probably have to price in some sort of health related decline for them because Kyrie Irving is, like a 50-50 shot to be healthy for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or he just not, might Harden, not even be there. He might, he just might not, not even off. be there. Yeah. And James Harden might be in the phase of his career where he gets a little banged up, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm with you though. I mean, I think that at this point it's still Brooklyn's to you to lose. I know Matthew and I haven't done the whole Eastern conference rundown. We've already done a kind of a Western conference rundown. So we might do that next week on the pod, but you know, looking at those top two teams, you're, you're right. You know, the Western conference isn't what it was four years ago where it's like, damn the warriors, you know right. I mean? It's, it's just, it's, it's, there's plenty of opportunity for our team to go back and run it back this season, but what's waiting on the other side, although it's not, you know, uh, nearly as intimidating as uh, like a 1993 version of Michael Jordan, which we, <laughs> we ran into as well. Uh, it is still intimidating. Uh, so, you know, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But I think that Brooklyn is obviously the odds on favorite. They're number one in all the power rankings as well. They should be. I mean, they have uh, my other favorite guy to watch. who's not a, a member of the Phoenix sums, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant, Kai, Kai, uh, Kawhi Leonard, those are like my two guys. And, uh, yeah, that team was that so team's much fun nasty. watching
2: Kevin Durant in this playoff run. Oh like, my God. It was and, fun watching the Olympics yeah. because I finally, I, know, right? I finally got to root for him. He's finally on my
0: team. You know, I was yeah. like, yes, let's go, KD. You know, just like seeing him so silky smooth, just like, oh man, this is fun. He's,
2: <laughs> he's like unguardable. Uh, I thought he it was is. so interesting, just like the, the calculus that Milwaukee took of like, do we keep PJ Tucker this offseason when the only thing he can do is guard Kevin Durant? Or. Do we let him go because no one can really guard Kevin Durant?
1: <laughs> yes. No, no one can guard him. <laughs> no. Is he the number one player now? I feel like he he has to be the number one player, right? Or no, like, it's, I mean, it's Giannis. I always right now. I always choose LeBron as the number one player till he is out, till he is done, till he has his grandkids. I honestly think he's the number one player. But you think Giannis? I mean, Giannis called he, KD he, the number one player. <laughs> yeah, I think KD if I KD's think, healthy, he can be the number one player.
0: In my opinion, KD is the most talented player in the National Basketball Association. But right mm-hmm. now, obviously, if you were to do power rankings of current player, you got to go to Giannis because he just won a championship and scored 50 points in a game six. Maybe like
2: the defense mm-hmm. really turns it in Giannis's favor because he can just impact the game Everywhere. more that way than Durant can or chooses to,
0: I guess. Yes, but from a pure yeah. offensive standpoint, it's KD all day because he can beat you on yeah. all three levels. Yeah. You know, Giannis shooting threes, you're like, please. You know, KD shooting shooting
2: free throws. Usually, you think, please, yeah, 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 until he made every
1: one of them.
0: Yeah, well, he got used to everybody counting all the damn time. I got really.
2: What did you guys (laughs) think of the guy counting the money? What a oh! At first, it was
1: at first it was okay. At first, it was like, all right, this is funny. And then they start showing the fans around him. I'm like, the way are the fans looked really, really. They're just creepy looking fans. It did not look (laughs) good. They lost the game. It was a disgusting look for the song. I thought it was really funny. Did you have um, like, definitely time, right?
2: diminishing returns? Yeah, yes, uh, you know, the first yeah. couple times I was like, Oh, this is hilarious, and then yeah. I was like, Maybe we should stop panning on this guy so he can get jumped afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about how the national media kind of looked at Suns fans during this run through the playoffs, you have that guy counting the money, and you got the Suns and Four guy who's like most famous for assaulting <laughs> another fan and, and winning. You know, so yeah. I mean, it I also, wasn't the best. I also
2: think of the guy who was like, sort of like horizontally, like, uh, yeah, like that joke. Like he was floating in game two, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That guy. Yep. Yeah, those are my top three. Yes,
0: those are our Suns fans. Good you memories, know, we, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just our fans beating up other
0: fans.
2: Hey, I'm to tell you, uh, I had so much fun at those games in Phoenix Suns Arena. That place was lit. Hopping. Um, Ooh. it is the second loudest I've ever heard a basketball crowd. So
0: behind what Duke? Well, what's the first?
2: Yeah. Cameron and Doria. Yeah,
1: I was about to say, like Gosh, being that Duke. would be amazing to go to. Oh, awesome.
2: oh,
1: oh, oh.
0: <laughs> so you were there for the Valley value, right? I was there. Yes. How, how did that feel?
2: Uh, I will say I had more fun listening to tag team at halftime. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> understandably. So, I mean, your team lost, but I mean, you
2: know, I, uh, It's funny. I was like sort of messaging with my brother as the game was going on and he was like, they're going to run the Tyson Chandler play. Right. And that's like exactly what I was thinking the Jay Triano play. Um, And for it to actually happen, uh, one, I'm like terrible at predicting things. So for that to happen was just like very personally satisfying, even if the result was what it was. Uh, But like, if Paul George is going to miss the free throws... I mean, kind of asking for it. yeah, but,
1: like, yeah. It was two
2: free throws. Yes, he did.
1: Um, yeah, the best part of it is really no one knew if it really counted. I like that I, the most, especially DeAndre. So and he's like, so "Wait, did I just won the game." Were
2: just like, you know,
1: they're like, like yeah, cylinder, offensive yeah, yeah, yeah. or something, right? And yeah. I'm like,
2: no, like, don't you guys know this rule? And so I, I tried I to know. ask afterwards <laughs> if anybody knew the rule, and Reggie Jackson was like giving me the workaround. I was like, yeah. you guys definitely did not know the rule. Like, so no, many of you didn't. were acting. Like this.
1: That's why you could pull it off. We'll try it again next year. Yeah. It was so
0: frustrating because uh that game was the game where it's like the last thirty seconds took like forty minutes, an hour, right? It was yes terrible. it was that's so every NBA bad. game right now. That's every yeah, NBA but it was game. like it was, was it was worst. exemplified. I've never that seen it that worst, bad, yeah. and I remember seeing that play. Like I knew automatically right away it counted because I remember the mm-hmm. jay Triano play, and I was like it counted. And like a lot of Suns fans knew that, and just it, it but it took away from the moment because you had to sit there. For thirty minutes and have them talk about it, was, it and look at it, and it was just it like, was really it was, rough. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, was, if like if we remember the Jay Triano play, certainly the NBA officials should remember the Jay you Triano would, play. You
0: would think so. You would think so. And the best thing about the yeah. Jay Triano play was the Suns did it while they were wearing their like nineteen seventy six throwbacks, and they just looked so nice. If you go back and watch the play, they're wearing like the old Wild West. I would
2: have guessed the Los Suns jersey, so I guess I was wrong.
0: No, you were wrong. You you were <laughs> wrong on that one. So.
2: <laughs> I was always so disappointed that they used it on this meaningless game in like a 17 oh, win season, but yeah. apparently <laughs> it, was, it stayed in the back of their yeah. minds in Phoenix and yeah. lo and behold. Yeah. It
0: was one good of our 19 wins that years. year. That's how we yeah. won one of our 19 games. You
2: know? so. yeah. Tyson um, Chandler was having like a field day on Twitter that night. He was so happy. Oh,
0: heck, yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. He earned it. That was such a good play. Oh, the value. It will always go down in history as one of the greatest plays in Phoenix Suns history. Uh, And, you know, I think that was the best part about all of this was having so many new people come to the Phoenix Suns organization and just, you know, especially around the city, you know, having little kids who were wearing Booker jerseys and stuff like that. Like, you know, the things that happened to me when I was, you know, young during the uh, 92, 93 season, like to see that, to see success and how it affects your fan base is just, uh, it's so exciting. And, you know, I'm I'm glad Mm -hmm. that we did it, you know, to the Clippers. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I will I'd say like, you honestly.
2: guys need to carry some better um, women's gear for the Phoenix Suns because I went to a mall with my cousin after game two, mm-hmm. and she had to buy kids' clothing. So you know, something oh yeah, to you into.
1: know that's that's one thing that came around this year was they kind of like. Did you go to Just Sports?
2: Uh, Do you I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, okay,
1: Ch- Chandler they, Mall. They pumped it up a no, little bit. Yeah, in Chandler, right? Yeah, <laughs> we did yeah. talk about this. Before. Yes. Yes. It's kind of picked apart though. I mean, if you were to go during the or during the playoffs, it's kind of picked apart a little well, bit. Well, and
0: not just that, they did a really really bad gotcha. job. They did yeah. a bad job. Like you still can't get these Valley jerseys. Mm. Like the hat that I'm wearing, I can't tell you how many people are like, "Hey, where'd you get the hat?" I'm like, "I got it when they first released the stuff when none of you guys gave a shit about the Suns at the beginning of last season." And now you can't get any Suns gear. It takes forever. That's a bummer. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, you look at kind of, you know, the Suns. I think Devin Booker's jersey ended like number four overall on most purchased jerseys or whatever. And it would have been number one if they could keep it in stock. They just they <laughs> yeah. didn't know what to do. They weren't used to having that's people true. buy their gear.
1: And now, dude, well, my nephew, eight years old, my, his two favorite players right now, Devin Booker and LeBron James. I just, well, that's it's, cause he's it's because he's around you a little too jam. much. <laughs> no, it's uh, a it's because because space jam, jam movie. Yeah.
2: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I want to get him one of those, but no,
2: I love he that. Can't do it. Um, I want one of those. I mean, if I were like not a Sparks fan, I would totally get one of those Phoenix Mercury Rebel jerseys. Dude, the, those are awesome.
0: Yeah, those the are Mer- awesome. The Mercury have done it right. Yeah, they They've did done really a fantastic this job. There's yeah. PHX with the X. Oh, and they got the X. That's X's so on the side. cool, right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we've, been, we've gone over an hour here. We can't thank you enough, Sabrina, for coming on. Can you let all the jamsters know where they can read you, follow you, all that fun stuff?
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I love talking to you guys and uh, you're very nice about all of the LA teams that you guys beat during the playoffs. So I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) I am on Twitter at Sabrina JM and you can find all my work covering the Clippers and the Sparks on SB Nation.
0: Fantastic. Matthew, you got any more
1: questions before we get out of here from Sabrina? No, Sabrina, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more questions next year with our I mean the continued battles we're going to see year oh, after yeah. year in the playoffs. Our we, got, we got a lot coming.
2: Fantastic.
1: Yes, except for
0: the Kings.
2: Maybe yeah. if Ben Simmons gets traded there, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe
1: there we go. <laughs> I'm
2: not Bring sure Simmons actually wants to win. Like, I don't think that he wants to, to look too cool.
1: cool. It's a cool yeah, thing. Like, I mean, he
2: maybe he'd be happy just going to Sacramento and being the alpha dog. And you can't be cool. Luke Walton, you know, run and gun offense where defense is optional. Like, that sounds like fun, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Ben give it a shot. But you know what? I don't want him to come to my division because, yeah, like you said, we're stacked out here. In the I mean, Pacific Division. Didn't
2: the Suns lose to the Kings like twice last year anyway?
1: We lost yeah, regular season. We don't worry about the regular season games anymore, right? Yeah. We're not the we're just of trying to rest our players and you know, get ready for the playoffs now. Yeah. We lost like our second
0: game of the season to the to the Kings on the first night of a back to back. It's yeah, Saturday. I was I watching that, that one.
2: Shit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was not good. We couldn't hit a three to save our life if I remember correctly. Yeah, it
2: was a uh... I was covering the Kings part time at the time. So,
0: yeah. oh, fun. Mm-hmm. You're all over the place. Jeez. Yeah. So, if I you
2: want to know much anything. i like a California NBA writer at the moment. Now I'm exclusively Clippers. So.
0: yeah, I was about to say, if you yeah. want to know anything about California, uh, Sabrina's covering it all. All, all of, all of <laughs> California. It's just, it's Sabrina. So, but we appreciate you coming on the show. This is a reminder to everybody who is watching to go ahead and hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Subscribe wherever you're listening to the pod. Thank you ever so much for hanging out with us. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And then the next time we see you folks, I'll actually be coming live to you from Las Vegas. Uh, so until then, we'll see you next Thursday. Everybody have a good week. And hopefully
1: Matthew fucks up his fantasy football draft. <laughs> not, not a chance, dude. My teams are looking stacked. Yeah. They're... Everyone go home and love your uh, fantasy football teams. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>